This program is brought to you by P1 Australia Racing Components, the designer of the oil heat mats for dry sump tank applications. Find out more about the truths on engine oil heating at p1australia.com. Thunder Media. Hi, I'm Chas Mostert. Hi, I'm Shane Van Gisbergen. And you're listening to Inside Supercars. From the racetracks across Australia, and here's Inside Supercars. On this episode of Inside Supercars, Cara Jenkin rejoins the team and we discuss the Adelaide 500. It has been just with a little things with infrastructure a bit easier. For example, uh, the shade that's going on the pick straight grandstand is an example where they've been able to look at the situation, go, right, what do we need? Get something in place. Our Adelaide Roundtable here on Inside Supercars and it starts now. Welcome to Inside Supercars, Tony Whittle and Craig Gravel, and we're joined by a, a woman on the ground who's got plenty of experience around the streets of Adelaide, well I should say that the right way, around the Adelaide 500. Cara Jenkins, welcome back to Inside Supercars. Thank you, yes I know my way around the streets of Adelaide and the, the track pretty well. <laughs> Good to know. Um, just so our listeners can understand a bit more about it. You spent some time with the Tizer. I lived here in Adelaide, so I do know the Tizer. So tell us about your background here and how you come to be working now. Yeah, so I joined the advertiser staff back in the end of 2004. So I was uh, quickly identified myself as being a bit of a, a motorsport fan. And the very next year, 2005, the, the head of the Adelaide 500 um, reporting team, as the advertiser had down then, uh, said to me, "Let's uh, do you want to come along to the advertiser um, to cover for the advertiser some of the uh, the uh, fluffy story, I guess, the colour stories uh, for the advertiser. So that's where I got my start, being a, a um, young reporter in 2005, and then I didn't miss an event working for the advertiser until uh, it got uh, it had its hiatus. Uh, and when it was on hiatus, I unfortunately uh, lost my role at the the advertiser in News Corp, and uh, when it came back last year, I was able to. Uh, well, I was hired by the um, the SA Motorsport Board. So you'll see some of my content on the adelaide500.com.au website this weekend. And I did that last weekend, last year as well. So uh, a lot of the uh, what to see at the track, uh, what's happening, some tips if you're uh, there for the first time about what you can see and do. So if you're online, give that a read. I uh, was here for the inaugural end of year Adelaide 500 compared to the previous one which was, of course, the start of the year. Now, I actually thought they did a fantastic job, as always, in this uh, town, do with motorsport. Um, and it just had a slightly different flavour, colour, movement about it. But it was largely as good as it used to be. Oh, that's great that you thought that way. We were, I think half of it was just the fact that we were all so excited to have the event back. I, I was skipping in uh, eight o'clock on the Thursday morning. I don't skip at eight o'clock in the morning very often, but that was me on the Thursday. And I think it was with a lot of people, but they, uh, the organizers really took a lot of the fan feedback to heart. 
and they made a lot of or as many changes and as things as they could. Uh, it'd be interesting to see what this year is like, but also being the, the end of the year, I think uh, refreshed it a little bit for those people uh, like myself and like yourselves who, who go every year. Uh, so coming a different time of year, uh, being the end was pretty exciting too. We have enjoyed the change to the end of season Adelaide 500 and this year, unlike last year, it, the championship isn't a foregone conclusion, although Brodie Kostecki-Kara will have to do a lot wrong for it to uh, come down to the last race. Yes, I think that if you just put driver against driver and where they're placed in on the, um, the driver's standings, Brodie Kostecki will win. But we all know what motorsport is like and we all know what the Adelaide circuit is like. Uh, even last year, Shane Van Gisbergen made a couple of pretty um, uncharacteristic mistakes on the track and during the races as well as in qualifying. So who knows what can happen this year? And by all reports, I think Turn 8 is looking a little bit more scary than it usually is this year. So who knows what might happen there, whether that's something that uh, might happen to one of those lead drivers themselves or they accidentally get caught up in somebody else's dramas. We'll just have to wait and see. I think there's no certainty just yet. And we do see all three of the super classes all having their championship decided. And whilst some have got bigger leads than others, there is mathematical chances. I know I spoke to Zach Bates a couple of weeks ago and he said, yeah, well, I'm a long way back, but mathematically I could actually still win the Super 2 championship. Well, that's it. Like mathematical contention, that's it. You've got to have the most number of points at the end of the season, not halfway through the season or or towards the end of the season. It's the, the at the end of the last race, whoever's done the best out of everything over the year has the most points, do they? So uh, it's going to be pretty interesting from a fan's perspective, a real motorsport fan's perspective, to be able to see so many different classes uh, anoint their winners for the year. How much more organised have you found the event this year because you've everyone's had 12 months to work on it as opposed to, what was it, three, three and a half months last year? Oh, I think uh, well, last year there was a very short period of time when it was officially announced, but I think a lot of people were working on things um, a lot, little bit longer than that. But it has been just with a little things with infrastructure a bit easier. For example, uh, the shade that's going on the pick straight grandstand is an example where they've been able to look at the situation, go, right, what do we need? Get something in place. Whereas last year, I think they were trying to find wherever someone put the shade and whether somebody still actually had the shade to go on the grandstand. So just little things like that, I think, are just a lot more uh, easier for, for the organisers. So, I mean, a big event as big as this is always going to have their little glitches that happen everywhere and nothing's perfect and they'll still be working on different situations for next year and taking uh, fan feedback. So, it, um, yeah, it should, should go pretty well. But I think it went pretty well last year, so it did well. It did indeed. And for the first-time fans, I do know a number of people who got to the Adelaide 500 for the very first time last year. But for those who might want to look at something other than the racing, what's on your to-do list? 
there is so much more than the racing that you don't even need to watch any of the racing and you probably need to try and figure in some time to watch the racing over the four days. There's so much on. Uh, one of the things I'm really looking forward to is the Kindig Custom Car Show. I've actually put it's not just like a, a display in a tent like a lot of the displays tend to be they've i was down at the track the other day and they've actually put like a full-on um, pavilion there for these i think it's about 20 of the nation's most elite custom built cars so that's a car display that would get a lot of attention and and the american personalities from the tv show um Kindy customs are going to be there so They'll probably have their little fan base there if you're into that kind of thing. That'll definitely be one not to miss. Um, just I love just walking around and seeing all the different activities, the kids' activities that you can do and uh, grab yourself a milkshake or an ice cream over here and you can go sit in the bar and have a drink over there and and um, and of course there's the concerts at the end of the day which is a lot of people's highlights and the whole reason they actually go to the event so it um, I'm always buggered come Monday morning as I think probably the 90,000 people who go each day um, are it's a full-on day start at eight o'clock whole day of car racing then you've got all these concerts on at night that's uh, um, it's pretty good yes I know Tony and I saw Amy shark a couple of years ago at the concerts and now the concert venue is back in the in its proper position rather than you know where it was stuck in the uh well in front in front of the old grandstand i think it makes for a much better atmosphere Yes, I think there's a bit more room where it is uh, just alongside Brock Strait. Uh, there's a concert oval, so there's a lot more space for, for people to spread out. And uh, you don't get interrupted by sound check happening through the day if you're um, up in the pit straight grandstand. That was something that was a bit funny. You'd be sitting watching cars racing go past and you'd hear this loud check, check, one, two in the background. So <laughs> uh, it's good to, that everything's Going back to some really good layouts and good activities and bringing the Adelaide 500 that we all know and love back. How have you actually found the atmosphere in and around the city? Because there's always been that pocket that has not want the race there, but what's been your interaction with the people who, you know, might not be as close a race fan as yourself? I think uh, everybody who... Uh, doesn't like the event is going to grumble. And, I mean, there are traffic issues. Um, it was actually funny. My cousin uh, got caught in it for the first time this year. He got a new job working in the city and he's sitting in traffic and he gave me a call and he said, this is horrible. And, uh, and then I texted him afterwards to find out how long it took him to get home and he said he actually got home quicker. So <laughs> some of the road closures worked to his advantage in the long run. So I think it's um, there's going to be people who probably aren't going to like the uh, F-35 plane that flies over because that'll be a bit louder than the planes usually are. Uh, they're going to continue to grumble, but I think they just, they're just they they're just going to have to put up with it and like other people put up with other things around the city. Um, we'll get over it. And if they want to whinge, if that makes them feel better, then they can do that. Now, Carrera Cup is also on the card. What about some of the other classes? Uh, the Utes are an interesting addition because they're not going to be running for championship points. So uh, they're just going to be going out for their, their own little uh, 
Go Sunny Tradies Cup, I think it's called. Uh, so that might be interesting to sort of see how those competitors go where you've got um, anybody will be able to win it and everybody will probably be out for in it. Uh, Touring Car Masters is always a fan favourite to have back. That's one of my favourites too. So I like to see the the old cars going around. Uh, we've got the GT uh, World Challenge Australia uh, that's going to have those multi-million dollar machines. They'll be interesting to sort of see how they go. Um, and we've got the S5000s back as well. So that's um, going to be bring some even more noise to the track and that uh, historic Formula One op- open wheel type flavour to the event. And Tony... We're going to see the last race for Jack Smith in, uh, well, certainly as a main game primary driver. The Smith uh, family, obviously, uh, the other son, I can't remember his name, but he's racing in Europe still. And clearly, uh, uh, the Smith family have made an impact through Brad Jones. And it's wonderful to see the lads be there, but they've obviously made a decision to, to move on. Um, Carla, I'm assuming that you're Adelaide born? I am, yes. So you must have been born slightly before the uh, Grand Prix first arrived here in 85? I was, yes. <laughs> I, did, well, I went to the last one uh, in 1995 with my family. My whole family went to that one. Okay. Can you remember, you know, when the race was on here, you know, the impact it had on the city? I remember that last one. There were just so many people around. I'd never seen so many people in one spot before at the same time in my life. Uh, some of the, I was a bit too young to be going out clubbing and all those kind of things. So I don't remember some of that nightlife and, and the fun times, but uh, even, I even hear some of the people speaking as some of the people who grumble, but some of those who grumble about traffic now, they, they wish that the Formula One was back. Everybody loved that. And um, yeah, if you guys have any way of knowing or being able to persuade people to bring the Formula One back to Adelaide, I think everybody would love it. <laughs> Well, I, I too, I mean, while I live in Victoria out of choice, I am a born or New South Welshman, so I won't have those things thrown at me about, oh, bloody Victoria stole the race. Um, I uh, think that's a, a fairly ponderous sort of attitude to take because, you know, you're outbid. And unfortunately, in this day and age, money talks and that's what happens. So, you know, but I love the race being here. I came to it for the eight, ten years that was here, 11 years I suppose I was here, I was working in the last four or five of them, um, my best ever, that's like no shadow of a doubt, my best ever Sunday night motor racing dinner was at an Italian restaurant which hasn't existed for 20 odd years, it was an Italian restaurant and sitting at the table next to us was uh, uh, Peter Paoli and Rubens Barrichello. Um, it was wow. that sort of a restaurant. Yeah, and uh, uh, I actually quite remember, I've spoken to Rubens about it when he came and raced in the 5000s. Um, uh, one of the blokes at our table went over and said, um, the young woman sitting with us thinks that you're Rubens Barrichello. And I am so offended. I am so offended. Don't you know that I'm Rubens? What an ego. <laughs> he did say, he did say to me, he did say to me then when I saw him in Melbourne, this is a couple of years ago when he came and raced, he certainly said, yeah, I was a bit full of myself then. <laughs> well, that's what you can see when you're out and about in Adelaide. Indeed. And and the race here, it, it's never been as good as it was here 
in uh, Melbourne is never been as good as it was when it was back in Adelaide. I, you know, and unfortunately, it just becomes another event in Melbourne. And it's sad, but you know, as you well know, history things move on, they change, and it's yeah, we can't go back to the time when the Grand Prix was here. We can enjoy the memories of it, and certainly was fantastic being here. But um, nowadays, no one's going to bring a Grand Prix back here for the simple reason: why would we? They've got another event that can still pull hundreds of thousands of people. And for that reason, it's worth it. And Cara, I guess we saw the Las Vegas Grand Prix. I reckon Adelaide might be able to steal it back if we want to use those terms. If you just say you're going to light the track because the track can't go to the full length anymore because someone put a, a, a bus lane, didn't they, or a bus tunnel in part of it? Yes, I'm trying to... Think of it in my head. There is a, a, a bus tunnel, um, but nah, that's all right. We'll just get rid of that. That's fine. We'll take them down through the bus tunnel. Why not? <laughs> we'll work around it. We'll work around it. But Works yeah, didn't Monaco. Las Vegas look great? <laughs> didn't it look great in Las Vegas? All lit up and and all the cars going around there. Um, yeah, if only people could have been there to watch it. <laughs> Yeah, Tony, I don't know if you had a chance to watch it yet, but it, it was certainly a, a very interesting weekend there. And uh, when you see they're having concerts with Kylie Minogue and you too, uh, you know that they're spending a, a fair bit of money. Well, they were buying land so they could put their pit building on. Yeah, I, I don't think there'll be anybody outside those first-timers who've gone to a Grand Prix in Las Vegas that uh, would say, gee, we want to be back here in a hurry. Anyway, great event this weekend coming up. Um, Cara, um, is there any special place? I mean, I'm assuming you most of your time will be in the media room, but is there any part of the track where you really want to go and see the cars running? There's so many different parts of the track that uh, it's really good. Um, if you've managed to swangle yourself a grandstand ticket, there are always good places to go. You, you can't really get in those if you don't have the ticket to to get in there. But uh, inside of Turn 8 is always good to see the cars uh, blazing through there. Uh, there's uh, a couple of little slow parts of the, any of the slow corners. Uh, you can be in general admission and see lots of lots of good places. One of actually one of my favourites from last year, so I hope it'll still be accessible this year, is at the end of the supercars pit paddock. So you need to have the, the special pass to get in the pit paddock if you're a punter to um to go down the end of that. But you can stand and see the cars coming through pit entry. You can see them going through around the hairpin. You've got a 270 odd degree view of the cars doing all this stuff I think that's one of those little secret spots that uh, if you can get in there and not many people can get in there but you take your chair, go sit down, there's a bit of shade that'll probably be provided by one of the giant super screens so uh, that's my hot tip and um, I'll definitely be making my way down there to have a bit of a look over the weekend. Well if you say hello to Kevin Fitzsimons He'll be more than happy to show you around, but don't say Fitzsimmons, say Fitzsimmons, because that's what his name is. <laughs> and Kevin will be laughing at that right now, <laughs> because he says it to you every time. Are we going to see Brody and Will Smith get together and take out the team's championship, or do you think Brock and Shane can at least split the uh, driver and Teams Championship awards over the course of the weekend. Tony first. 
By the way, if we see Will Smith in a car this weekend, uh, that'll be rather amazing. But we'll be looking for Will Brown in the car, and because um, Will Smith's probably in the LA still. Um, but uh, I don't think that either uh, Jamie Wincup or uh, Barry Ryan in their roles as team managers will play a role within that. I think it'll be left to the guys on the track to make the decisions. And uh, I'm hoping and certainly believe that they have all the, the things necessary to do it for Brody to take out the championship, for Erebus to take out the championship, and for that team to enjoy a, a year like no other before they then put uh, Will Brown on the trolley and wheeling up for Triple Eight. I think I'm going to go for Triple Eight for the team's championship just to be different. But my reasoning would also be that uh, Brock did pretty well on that uh, circuit last year. Um, Shane's probably going to be going to be going out on a high as well, whether he wins the driver's championship or can win it become Sunday or not. So I think the two of them combined will uh, do better than the Broody will um, there on track uh, positions. So, yeah, I'm going to go triple eight to win the teams, I reckon. And unfortunately, Cord, the sadness is that the battle over pit lane number one position is no longer relevant because next year we see the introduction of a live pit lane for the first time. I think that's uh, where uh, if Triple Eight wins, then everybody will be wanting the changes in pit lane next year. But um, it's a bit of a shame for Erebus if they win that they won't be able to retain it for a full season. (laughs) or may not be able to retain it for a full season. <laughs> yeah, it's all going to be interesting to see how that plays out. And I, I have heard a lot of commentary, like the live pit lane, it's, you know, it, it's something that just about every motorsport, including Formula One, has already transitioned to. The fastest team at the time in NASCAR, in uh, any sort of short circuit racing that has pit stops, fastest qualifier picks his pit bay second fastest pits theirs and so on down the field uh in formula one they don't like they don't necessarily get to pick their pit bay they get told to where to pit for the best viewing from the grandstand across the garage across the main straight or across the pit straight so whilst normally they get the end bay it's not uncommon to see the fastest the cars, the McLarens, the, uh, sorry, the Mercedes or the Red Bulls in the middle of pit lane because Formula One's looking at uh, trying to give the fans the best view of the cars. But things change, nothing stays the same forever. Um, it'll be uh, just another of the uh, changing face of motorsport, not only in Australia but around the world. Carla, thank you very much for joining us again on Inside Supercars. Look forward to catching up in person on the track on uh, Thursday. Um, and uh, we'll look forward to uh, hearing some more from Carol Jenkins of the Adelaide 500. Thanks. And uh, we're looking forward to a fantastic weekend here. We'll put on a big show, that's for sure. Inside Supercars is produced by Thunder Media. Tune in next time for more. Or lock in the podcast on your iTunes or mobile device. Search Inside Supercars. The views expressed on Inside Supercars, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect the views of the network, Thunder Media or Sport Radio. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited.